Oh, yeah, okay. So, anybody, kids, know anything about Zacchaeus? Anybody tell me anything about Zacchaeus? Go on, Dan. He was a tax collector, which is why we like him so much. Because he makes sure that the policeman can be paid. And that's wonderful, because we like policemen. Teddy, what do you know about Zacchaeus? He was little. He was. Do you know anything else about him? He was little. Anything else? No. Hey, he, climbed a tree. he did climb a tree, Ollie. Clever lad. Anybody know why he climbed a tree? <laughs> Anybody with more helpful answer than Paul? <laughs> Anybody know why he climbed a tree? Go on, Teddy. He wanted to see Jesus. Oh, fantastic. And then he did see Jesus, and Jesus came along, and then what happened? Anybody tell me what happened next? Go on, Dan. Jesus did go to his house and had food. Hey, wouldn't that be cool? He did have tea there. Hey, Teddy, Teddy, what do you think they had for tea? What would you like to have for tea if Jesus came around? Fish and chips. Oh, yeah. Nice. What about you, Ollie? What would you like for tea? Um, um, beans. Beans? Oh. <laughs> Do you think it made Jesus a bit windy when he had beans? He <laughs> <laughs> could. He could. Okay, so we are going to get to the tree part very soon. Okay. Because this is my tree. And if you... Well... If you obey the rules, you can sit in the tree, okay? All right? Because there are some certain rules to sit in the tree so you don't fall off and your mum and dad sue me. So, so let's sit down for a minute because we need to talk about something else first and we're going to talk about the tree. Um, and this is what we're going to talk about. Oh, can you put the... Sorry, mate, I've not started my phone out. Just put the first slide of my thing up. Because Luke 19 and verse 2 says this. In the city of Jericho, there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus. Now... What does it mean to be very wealthy? What does it mean to be very wealthy? Lots of money. Seth, what does it mean to be very wealthy? To be rich. Okay. And how do we define rich? Go on, Dan. Quite a lot of money, okay. Well, I found it interesting because when I read this line, I felt like Jesus said to me, that's you. You're very wealthy. And I went, I guess I am Jesus. I mean, if he says it to me, I've learned it's not worth arguing. You just have to go, okay, because he wins in the end. Of course, it depends who you compare yourself to. Because I can compare myself to people to whom I am relatively not wealthy. And that's what we do. We look and go, well, well, that Jeff Bezos, he can have whatever he wants. So he must be very wealthy, which means I'm not. Or we compared all sorts of people. But of course, there are people who are less wealthy than you. And it's all about perspective. Just put that next slide up. The number of people living in absolute poverty in our nation is predicted to rise from 11 million this year to 14 million which will include 30% of all children. Absolute, there's no real description of poverty, but absolute 
poverty is generally means not being able to heat your home, pay your rent, or buy the essentials for your children. It means waking up every day facing insecurity, uncertainty, and impossible decisions about money. Which is why I'm pretty certain almost everybody in this room is very wealthy. I mean, that really is a shocking statistic. 11 million people right now. And I think these stats were in September before some of the things about inflation have happened and all the other stuff. But of course, it's not just about that. Because it's not just about financial wealth. Put the next one up. You have relational wealth. Half a million older people go at least five or six days a week without seeing or speaking to anyone at all. Five or six days a week without seeing or speaking to anybody at all. Two-fifths of all older people, about 3.9 million people, say the television is their main source of company. Please don't ever look at me and tell me you are poor in any way, shape, or form, because I'll slap you. <laughs> I mean, nicely and gently, but I will slap you. You see, I could keep throwing stats on this screen all morning, but I don't want to send you away too depressed. Um, but what I do want to do is highlight that your position in life is all about perspective. It's all about perspective. You realize there are many people, millions of people, who are choosing right now between food and heat. They are choosing because they can't do both. You realize if you were able to have a takeaway, if you were able to go out for a coffee, if you were able to do anything socially outside of your home, you are well off in our nation right now. You are well off. And at this time in this season where there's so much talk of lack and so much fear and we read of the billions the government have got to find in savings and we hear about austerity 2.0 and efficiency measures, it can all be a little frustrating. But here's the thing. You are not going to escape it very soon. You're not going to escape it very soon. There is no quick fixes other than in your own heart because you've got to learn in the storm, to live through it in a place of peace, knowing that he's got you. And of course, the best way to do that is to celebrate as often as we can the goodness of God and remind ourselves of what we've got relationally, materially, uh, spiritually, emotionally. I mean, just the things you know about handling your emotions, the things you know about mental health, the things you know about things to do, you are rich in knowledge, you are rich relationally. You are, Of course, we can all look and tell us the ways we're poor relationally. Or the way we ain't got this or we ain't got that. But listen, we need to get be much better, even better, at realizing what we've got. You know, when our young people get together, they do, they do highs and lows all the time. And um, so they go around the room and they all share a high and a low from the week. And as we were sat chatting in leadership team this week, I was like, okay, but you've got to do at least two to one. If you're going to do that, you've got to do two at one. You can't do one of each. Why, why are we? And I, I've, I've known about it for years. I just thought about it afresh. Why are we giving equal weight to a high and a low? Why are we doing that? But you know, when we meet together, when we gather together, I, we, we, we've got to get better at going, hey, it's so easy in it to start off with, well, okay. But maybe we've got to be a people who sit down for a coffee and go, I'm so blessed this morning because this happened. I'm so blessed this morning because that happened. We're not going to deny the reality, and we're going to still share and talk about the challenges, of course. 
but there's something about speaking out the goodness of God that's really, really important right now. You know, I was thinking if, even around our dinner table, we still sit around a dinner table with whichever kids are in the house. And um, we ask them about the day. About, part of me is even going, okay, yeah, I want to I wanna know the good stuff that went on first. I'm going to create a rule around my dinner table. You'll love it, kids. And it says you're not allowed to share anything negative until you shared something positive. And we can do that, can't we, with the people we meet, the people that we gather to eat around. Something about it that I think is really powerful. Okay. Next slide, Matt. Zacchaeus, as Teddy told us, was a very sharp man and couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he ran on ahead of everyone and climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. So, Jesus, no, Zacchaeus, wants a glimpse of Jesus. So, anybody want to get in my tree? Come on, Ariella. We'll do it one at a time, okay? And you have to sit down on it. Okay? Right. So, you, you wait there like... Can you, are you going to climb all the way over the top? Can you do that? Yeah, I think I'll lift you little ones up. I, I Go over the top. Keep, keep going. Yeah, you do need help. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're accepting. Oh, we're going that way. Okay, that'll work. That's fine. Okay. Excellent. Well, you know what? I'm going to lift you because I don't want you to fall. Let's, let's get you. We're going to fly. We're going to fly. Right, you all in there, okay? Oh, <laughs> careful. Well, I'm just going to stand here in case you fall live on camera in front of hundreds of people. <laughs> well, hundreds, I wish. All right, squidge up a bit. We've got, that's it, squidge up, squidge up, squidge up, Teddy. Good lad. Oh, that's it, squidge up a bit. Squidge up a bit. Are you getting on? You doing it yourself? No? Shall I line up? It's a good job I've been going to the gym. Why are we going to do this? Oh, I don't know how we're going to do it. I know how we're going to do it. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. You in? You in? There we go. We side? Are we side? Are you coming up between you? Is he allowed? All right. Uh, is, should he go next to his brother or not? No. Okay. You move up that way. You move up that way. We'll put sensible Ariella there. Are you going to say, sweetheart? Let's get you up there. Watch your head. Ooh, watch your head. Watch your head. Watch your head. There we go. Yeah. Okay, you hold on, mister. That's it. All right. If you're in the tree, you have to hold on, okay? That's the rule. Okay. If you let go, I'll have to get down. Thank you, Jesus. They're loving it. Okay, right. Now, listen, listen. I just need Martin. Just stand up for me, please, sir. Now, listen. Can you see Martin very well from back here? Can you? What? Can you see him? Because this is, Zacchaeus was in the tree. And he wanted to get a glimpse, just wanted to get a glimpse of him. Just to be able to see him. And so he got up the tree and then he could see a little glimpse. But then, do you mind helping me, Martin? You just look very like Jesus today. Just... Yes, the hair. Maybe not. So Jesus walked a bit closer. Go on, keep coming. Keep coming, Jesus. Oh. Now, Martin. 
Zacchaeus was in the tree and Mary walked up to him. And then Jesus said, Zacchaeus. Hey, he sounded a bit like that. He said, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down because I want to come for your house to tea. Oh, can you imagine? Thanks, Mary. Can you imagine what it'd be like to have Jesus come into your house for tea? Okay, it's time to get down from the tree. Because, I oh know, but listen, you see, I know the tree's fun. And I know it's nice to sit up there. But there's something even nicer than being sat in my tree. And Zacchaeus found it out. Put the next slide up, Matt. Because Zacchaeus, you see, wanted to get up there to get a glimpse. But it says, it says he scurried down the tree and he came face to face. With Jesus. And we are going to come face to face with Jesus in a minute. But first of all, I need you to get down. So, who's... Uh, you come through this way. Scooch down. That's it. Watch your head. Oh, getting down's easier. Oh, there you go. Well done. That's that one. All right, Ollie. I'm going to get this way. Good lad. Well done. There you go. Come on, sweetheart. Are you going that way? Have I got you? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, sweetheart. Okay, well done. Okay, right. Kids, I need you to sit with mummy or daddy now, okay? Go find mummy or daddy and go sit with them. Because I want to do something. Faith said you're going to have to use your imagination this morning. And she didn't realize how much we're going to have to use our imagination. Because, you see, we're going to... I want us to think through what it might have been like to actually get down from that tree... And meet with Jesus. Because you see, y'all, your imagination is a fabulous tool given to you by God. And sometimes we don't, we don't use it very well. Sometimes we use our imagination to go down all sorts of places of terrible things that might happen in the future. Well, that's not what your imagination was given for. Your imagination was really given, or one of the reasons you were given it, is a way to actually connect with Jesus. So, I realize there's all sorts of stuff going on. But that's fine. But what I want to invite you to do is, I want to invite you in a minute to close your eyes. And as I just talk through this story, I want you to imagine what I'm telling you to do. Okay. That's all I'm asking you to do. So, Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the incredibleness that you actually want to be first to face with us, Lord. That you do not want a glimpse, but you want to give a face to face with us. Okay, so, so if you can, close your eyes, if you're able, and I want you to imagine that you are sat in a tree waiting for Jesus to come along because you want to get a glimpse of him. And as you look down the road, he's heading towards you. And you see all these crowds, there's people all around him, and you start to get excited that you might actually get to get a glimpse of him. Jesus, this man you've heard all about, he's actually walking towards you. Then as he gets closer, he starts to walk towards the bottom of the tree. And he looks up into the tree right into your eyes and says, Hi, I want to come to your house for tea. 
And you can't quite believe that Jesus wants to come to your house for tea because you know you don't really deserve him to come. But you climb down that tree as fast as you can. And then, then you find yourself face to face with Jesus. And you look into his eyes and you are overwhelmed with the love that he has for you. You feel like he can see everything and yet he loves you with a purity that you have never experienced before. Then you start walking towards your house with him. And as you walk, he talks and smiles and makes jokes. And you feel lighter than you have ever felt. You feel more joy than you thought was possible. And the peace and security you sense is beyond anything you could ever dream of. You eat together. And it is the most beautiful time of your life. You never want this to end. And then, he reminds you, it doesn't have to end. Because he will never leave you or forsake you. And all you have to do is become conscious to the reality of his presence around the table and in you every moment of every day. see sometimes the simplicity of just sitting in a Bible story and imagining it can be deeply powerful we've just got to be willing to embrace the simplicity of it the joy of it and really that, that's a little small taster of the sorts of things that we've been doing on Sunday evenings just giving ourselves that space in the silence and in the scriptures and in the songs to just be with him that's what it means to be with him and to enjoy him and I realized that if I you know if, I, if I'd known this stuff 15, 20 years ago I don't think I'd tell my kids bedtime stories I'd do that with them I don't think I'd read them a bible story I think I'd do that with them. I think I'd ask them to put themselves in the story and let them use their incredible imagination. And then I'd find out what happened. And I wouldn't judge anything they said. I'd just enjoy it. But maybe if you are in that stage, then you can learn. And maybe even as adults, we've got to do it as well. Because there's something incredibly 